in-depth conversations, matchup breakdown, everything a Steelers fan could want. This is Fourth Down in the Steel City with Chris Mack and Josh Taylor. And welcome back in. The show's so nice, they may actually let us do it twice. We'll see if this gets uploaded later or not. It is fourth down in the Steel City. He's Josh Taylor. I'm Chris Mack. And Greg Finley, of course, producing, trying to keep us in line. He will join us in just a couple of minutes when we will go around the league. Now that we are officially a little less than one week from kickoff of the NFL season, depending on when you're listening to this, we will go around the league and give you our predictions for all the major awards, who's going to win divisions, who the wild cards will be, how the Super Bowl will play out. I imagine we've both got some tricks up our sleeve, and I'm sure Greg does as well, as we'll go through that in the second segment of today's show. Third segment, somebody who can be Yinzer in the very best way, was being Yinzer in the very best way possible in all places, Bristol, Connecticut yesterday. We explained what it means and how it ties into what we'll talk about in the third segment. But we start off the day here on 4th Down in the Steel City by asking you to make sure you are subscribed or following the podcast. Of course, inside your Odyssey app on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts to make sure you get the latest episodes as soon as they are ready in your Odyssey app. It's those three little buttons up there. You tap on them. Make sure you're following. In YouTube, it's that little bell down there. You tap on that. Make sure you get your alerts. And of course... In any of your podcast catchers, you know how to subscribe. Let's start with the news of the day, which is the practice squad almost a little more than halfway set, Josh. Uh, They signed, let's see, nine different guys to the practice squad after the initial cut down to 53. I'll rattle off the names. Uh, In some cases, only the hardest core Pittsburgh Steelers fans will know who some of these guys are because they managed to stay awake for all of the fourth quarters in the preseason and see all of these names at some point in time on their TV screen. But Greg Bell, running back, wide receiver Des Fitzpatrick, tight end Rodney Williams, defensive lineman Jonathan Marshall and Braden Fajoko, linebacker David Perales, Luke Barku, and Anthony Brown, the corners, and Trenton Thompson, the safety. So, uh, look, if you get down to practice squad guys, there's a good chance you're thin enough at that position where you're calling up practice squad guys that you are in trouble. But nonetheless... I think there's at least one or two names out of this group. You just do the math. Guys get hurt. It happens. Who will see play at some point this year on the 53-man roster and on the 45, 46 that get uh, dressed on game day. So if you got to pick one, Josh, we'll we'll do it this way. Is there one guy on this list? Because I have one in mind. We may be thinking the same way. I'm curious if we are or not. One guy who will actually have an impact at some point in these 17 games? The easy answer, and this might be the one you have, the easy answer is Brayton Fajoko. Yes, sir. He's the easy answer because he's the guy who a lot of people expected to make the 53-man roster. Mm-hmm. So I think when he didn't make it, it caught some people off guard, and they're going, well, who's going who's gonna to be the guy stuffing the run? Who's going to be the guy in the middle? Well, it looks like it's going to be Keanu Benton. But I say he's the obvious answer because we're going into the season, you know, there was injury issues with Larry Okunjobi. Cam yeah. Hayward is advanced in age. I'm not going to call a guy old because he's still younger than I am. So and he knows where to that. find us. That's not right. Good. I, so, I don't, you're not don't, old, Cam. Cam, you're not old. I don't need the captain kicking my door down. So I'm not going there. But at the same time, you you know, as, as defensive linemen get further down the line, that risk of injury is just there. 
And you don't want to test that depth too soon as far as the defensive line goes, even though we know they've gotten significantly younger in a short period of time. But it, it still opens you up to the possibility that there may be some depletion there. Brayton Fajoko has been around the league. He knows what's going on. He knows his way in and out. So he, he would be the easy guy you can plug right in there. You could even kind of technically make it a insert first name Fajoko here because if you believe, believe reports, his cousin Simi Fajoko is probably right. primed to sign. He's a wide receiver out of Stanford. I want to say he was a cowboy previously. But I'm going to go against the grain. I'm going to say Trenton Thompson at okay. defensive back. He was a guy who saw earlier in the preseason uh, forced to turn over. I think he had an interception. I want to say it was the Tampa game. We had an interception in that game and it was you know, a pretty good performance for him. And you, you look at injuries in this defensive backfield because there's possibilities there. Once again, I'm not going to call someone old because they're not older than I am, but you still have guys like Patrick Peterson back there. So there's, there's always that nagging, thought in your mind of right. what happens here what happens there and people are already trying to tell you that oh well he's old and i'm like he had five picks last year he was yeah, like yeah. tied for second in the league and make a hat six what are we talking about he's good yeah right so but there's always that possibility so trenton Thompson, I'm, I'm gonna go with trenton thompson for my answer for the guy who could have an impact and i'm basing that on specifically because injuries do happen defensive backs you could see those pile up over time and he might be a guy they have to plug in quickly yeah, you're right, though. The easy answer is Braden Fajoko. That's who my first instinct was. I know, I knew it was going to be your first instinct, too, because of the age on the defensive line. Because, to be quite honest, I don't know what they're going to get in the guys that are already rostered there as backups, right? Like, we know what to expect from Cam Hayward and Larry Ogunjobi. I think we're all very high on Keanu Benton because yes. we saw the way he practiced and played this summer. DeMarvin Leal is still kind of that tweener we're not quite sure about. And then you get to Ad Montrevious Adams, Isaiah Loudermilk, Armin Watts. I just kind of look at them as, eh, you're going to be on a field on special teams, maybe. Uh, you, you may get dressed. Like, Watts, I don't know if he even gets dressed on game day. So they're the kind of guys that might be easily recycled out of the lineup if they feel like, for example, we're playing Cleveland and we've got to be stout against the run this week. Let's bring Fajoko right. in. Um, exactly. if, if, if you can, you know, get him to get him on the game day roster. Um, I do think, and I kind of looked at the secondary too for another one of these names that I think may contribute at some point. They've already got a lot of guys rostered at corner. We know they just went out and got another corner in Desmond King. So it would take some injuries at this position for it to happen. Injuries probably and lack of performance, but lack of performance, I don't know. From what I saw from James Pierre in training camp and preseason, I can see lack of performance affecting him. And injuries do happen. So Luke Barku was a guy that caught my eye a little uh, bit at training camp and in preseason. That's a guy, XFL experience, that, I, you know, he's he's been a journeyman. I mean, he's been on four or five different teams in two seasons, I think. Maybe even more than that. Maybe like half a dozen different teams. Um, I think he's been Jacksonville twice, maybe. Here nor there, Luke Barku's been around. And he's a guy I could see maybe dressing for special teams one week because they get dinged up at corner or something like that. But I think we do agree that the one guy who is primed to have some kind of impact who ended up on the practice squad somehow would be Braden Fajoko. Um, that's the one that, that sticks out, I think, to both of us. Yeah, it's the easy thing. And and it's not even necessarily because of the the guys around him it's about that one thing he does and i think you right. mentioned it perfectly you know you're you're gonna you're gonna need at some point somebody that can be a run plugger if you lose somebody else higher up in that depth chart and if keanu benton is that guy 
you might see Brayden Fajoko sooner rather than later. Because I think the reason why Brayden Fajoko isn't on the 53-man roster is because they're so high on Keanu Benton. And if something happens there with him, then you have Montrevious Adams behind him, but you're going to need somebody else as another option. And that's where Brayden Fajoko slides in. Real quick, before we get to these league-wide predictions, I did want to touch on this because we, you know, we we saw it all come out yesterday upon the signing of Kendrick Green in Houston. Nick Casario has his press conference, feels the need to refute claims from Big Ben that were on his football and podcast. Where I, I didn't think Ben really threw too much shade at Kendrick Green. He he, mm. he kind of stated what Kendrick Green was, which was a less than optimal replacement for Marquise Pouncey. Um, but Nick Casario feeling the need to defend Kendrick Green against Ben Roethlisberger's podcast Slings and Arrows yesterday was just slightly amusing to me. Because I'm not sure which of these two guys is, well, I just don't know. Like If I walked in on the two of them fighting, Roethlisberger and Casario, first of all, I don't know how many <laughs> fists would be thrown and how many would be like this. And second, I don't know whose side I would have. That's not a knock on Ben. I just, uh, it would be an interesting little squaring off. The podcast slings and arrows thing from Ben Roethlisberger <laughs> is becoming more of a consistent talking point, isn't, isn't it? it? Isn't it, though? It, it's almost like the things that he would do during the course of the week of his playing career are just now happening at the end of his playing career, but they're not really changing that much. It's It's mm. odd. And if you've been around that much, you know exactly what I'm talking about. If you've been inside that that building, if you've been over on South Water Street, particularly on Wednesdays, you're probably going to catch a choice soundbite or two. And they might even be directed at specific people depending on who's in the room. That's all I'm saying, and I'll leave it there. But um, that while saying that, what he said about Kendrick Green, it doesn't make it unfair. Because you're looking at – we're not really talking about Kendrick Green – the player for what he was, it was for what he was expected to be. Right. And you're talking about an organization that has had a 50-year long tradition of centers. Not five years, not 10 years, not a couple drafts. Half boxes. a century. We're talking half a century of a tradition <laughs> of centers playing on this in, on this roster, and you had to play to a certain level. Yeah. And he came nowhere near that level of expectation. But when he was brought in, he was brought in, you know, they used a, a was a day two pick on him and mm -hmm. they expected him to be a guy who can slot right in and start right away, which by the way, is not something that always happens on the Steelers offensive line, especially if you're in the middle. Marquise Pouncey is one of those rare guys. Even yes. Mike Webster didn't slot in and start right away right. at the center position. So that's right. something you kind of remember because then you kind of remind yourself, remember in the back of your mind. So he was, brought in with that expectation just heaped upon him and he just totally fell short. So it's not like anything Ben said was unfair because it actually was considering what he was supposed to be. And Ben's right. He was supposed to be the guy that's like the central linchpin for the final couple years of his career. And it yeah. made it a lot more complicated. And him aging out as a quarterback was hard enough because the way Ben played his mobility and, and his ability to be athletic and make plays that way was pretty much the hook for him. So the older he got, the less it was possible to do that. But then when you have the guy who's supposed to be the central piece in front of you and doesn't meet the expectation he's supposed to, of course, it's going to look a lot worse than it does. It was it had nothing to do with how he played, but it still strikes me as one of the craziest things they did 
by simply handing him Marquise Pouncey's jersey number. Like, uh, yeah, you rough. pull that out of circulation for at least a couple years, right? You and they usually don't do that. Not with it, guys of that stature. Right. You, you give it to a linebacker, a third string linebacker next right. to your practice or something and let it just kind of work its way out, right? If you do anything with it, I'd have put it on the shelf, but they give it to his replacement and his replacement mm-hmm. didn't replace anything. It, it, I, it was not good. All right. I just thought we'd touch on that because Casario v. Roethlisberger would be a hell of a celebrity death match. Um, also sounds but- like a really old lawsuit that was like tried in the Supreme Court. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like the 1800s. 1957, Casario v. Roethlisberger set it's the like- precedent for immature arguments. It's um, like powdered wigs and, and tuxedos. <laughs> hear ye, hear ye. Uh, speaking of fights and celebrity death match and all that celebrities celebrity Steeler fans there are a lot of you out there you may be watching or listening to this podcast right now in which case we thank you and ask you to spread the word via your social media okay snoop um but who is your favorite celeb Steelers fan we'll touch on that just at the end of the show for a minute because somebody somebody was doing their celeb Steelers fan thing uh in Bristol Connecticut of all places the other day but coming up next here on fourth down in the Steel City Myself, Josh, Greg, our producer, we each give you our MVP, our Defensive Player of the Year, Rookies of the Year, Coach of the Year, and who's going to the playoffs this year in the NFL, and most importantly, who's beating who in the Super Bowl. Our 2023 season predictions next on 4th Down in the Steel City.